Many Kiwi dairy farmers are already taking steps to start reducing emissions on farm, but we also know that a lot of farmers are looking for support to tackle this challenge and want to know what options will be available to help them further reduce emissions. Well, Dairy NZ is researching a range of options to help farmers reduce emissions within our pasture-based system. Today we're taking you up to Dairy NZ's live farm in the Waikato, where exciting research is underway into one of these solutions, feeding methane inhibitors to calves from birth. You'll hear about this research from Dairy NZ Principal Scientist Dr Jane Kay and Technical Team Leader Olivia Jordan, who also explain other methane research being done across the sector. Take us for a walk around Life Farm and talk about when you might start seeing solutions available on farm. This is episode 60 of Talking Dairy, and my name is Ben Chapman-Smith. Let's get into it. Jane and Olivia, thank you so much for coming on the Talking Dairy podcast today. How are you both? Yeah, good, thank you. Great, thanks, Ben. Good stuff. Olivia, tell our audience a bit about Life Farm to start with. So Life Farm is one of our two research farms in the Waikato. This farm is 100 hectares and has around about 300 cows. And this is where we do most of our intensive component sort of work in research. Uh, we have three barn facilities that we can do various research. So it's kind of the one where the magic happens. Good stuff. And to our audience, if you hear noise in the background, it's because it's a, a working farm and there's people coming and going and motorbikes parking up and things. So you'll have to forgive us for any noise in the background. <laughs> Hey Jane, so we're here to talk about methane research. What sort of solutions is Dairy NZ researching to help farmers reduce their emissions? Yeah, what, what we know is farmers are facing um, two sets of methane targets. Um, one is part of New Zealand's commitment to the Paris Agreement and they need to reduce their total methane by 2030. And the other is in response to targets that have been set by some of the global companies, so Nestle, and New Zealand exports a large proportion of their milk to these companies. So these are going to be reflected in emission targets from some of the milk supply companies and will probably be an emissions efficiency, so reducing the methane per kilo of milk products. So, you know, we're working really hard to try and develop viable and scalable mitigation solutions for our New Zealand dairy farmers um, to reduce their total methane, improve their methane emissions efficiency. And then, as you say, the real challenge is to do that while we maintain production and and profitability. So, you know, one of the key areas we are working on is feed additives. And, you know, people would have heard of many of these, bovia, seaweed, um, bromoform, there's probiotics out there now and essential oils. But we need to focus on how these are delivered to the cows in our system. You know, as you've said, um, we're a pasture-based system. When they're used overseas, they can mix them in with the ration that the cows are fed and they eat these with every mouthful. So they're able to reduce methane by, you know, between 30 and even 90% in their system. But in our pasture-based system, the additives don't last for long in the rumen. Um, they're broken down quite quickly. So we need to find a way that we can have them present in the rumen for long enough that they can create an effect. We've been investigating a lot of different administration methods. Um, we've been looking at, you know, if we feed them twice a day or three times a day um, when animals maybe come in to be milked or come onto the feed pad, and this might, you know, suit some of the higher input systems. We've been looking at in-paddock feeding options. So is there a way that we can feed animals a little bit of supplement while they're out in the paddock grazing that would allow us to, you know, get these feed additives in these animals more frequently throughout the day? 
other areas we're investigating, and these are sort of in conjunction with commercial companies, and that's the use of some slow-release formulations or even boluses. And the idea with these is that potentially they could release the the compound for even even six to eight hours would help us in our system if we feed these compounds twice a day, or if we could get boluses that release the product for you know six months, then that would be a real bonus, or you know would really help in our system. Slightly different approach is to feed these compounds to a newborn calf through to weaning, and we've been doing quite a bit of work in the space. And the idea is that when a calf is born, her rumen is completely naive. It's like a clean slate. And if we can go in with a compound early enough, we can actually alter the type of bugs that form in the rumen. And we try and reduce the number of those bugs that make methane. And then as that animal grows and ages, she will continue to produce less methane um, later on in life. So um, we're investigating a lot of different options. We're not directly involved, but we're also looking at um, the vaccine. And there's also sort of some work with genetics. LIC and CRV are looking at the progeny of bulls that um, naturally produce less methane. So lots of options that we're considering to, um, you know, that fit within our pasture-based system. It gives us our international competitiveness. We don't want to lose it but it also um, means that there's a few challenges when we look to use these mitigation options. Mm, thanks, Jane. With pasture being such an important part of our system, can we use pasture to help farmers meet their targets? What the research is telling us is that although total feed eaten is a key driver of methane emissions, the type of feed that the cow eats can also affect how much methane she produces. And there's emerging data that indicate the type of forage in particular might affect the methane emissions. And even within the same forage across a season, so ryegrass in spring versus ryegrass in summer, will also alter the methane that the cow produces. So because of the challenges that we find in introducing, you know, feed additives um, and inhibitors into our system. We're working hard to understand, you know, the effect that pasture does have on methane emissions in our system. The iris have just got some data that have indicated that when early lactating cows are grazing spring pasture, they actually produce about 30 to 40% less methane emissions than what we would predict using our inventory figures now. So, we need to be careful. We can't um, use these numbers to meet our targets um, because we'd have to, you know, use them in the inventory retrospectively. But you know, some more or greater understanding in this area means that if we can, you know, look at pasture quality, look at pasture composition, and understand how it affects methane emissions, we'd be able to calculate methane emissions on farm and nationally more accurately. And we'd also maybe look at some mitigation um, options such as management practices on farm, so maintaining pasture quality, and even species selection. So, you know, looking at some of the alternative pasture species out there like clover or, or plantain. Also, a greater understanding of how forage affects methane emissions will allow us to optimise the use of um, some of the mitigations in our, in our system. So if we did have a slow-release formulation, um, a compound, we might look at when during the season is the best time for us to try and feed this to our animals. If we had a bolus that released a compound for, say, three to six months, when is the best time? When are we going to get the best response to that bolus in our season? So a greater understanding of how pasture affects methane emissions will allow us to do that. A different angle that's been investigated is the potential use of um, genetically modified pastures or forages. There's a ryegrass plant out there now that um, has been developed that is slightly higher in fat and higher in energy. 
So they are looking at what is the effect on methane emissions if you know cows were to graze that um, pasture. Obviously, some other aspects to go through will be considered if we start to look at using um, genetically modified plants in, in New Zealand or in our system. But um, with all of these mitigations, we, we're not only looking at the efficacy, we look at animal health, we look at product integrity. We also look at consumer acceptance or you know public perception. You know, we've got to make sure that that mitigation fits within our system as far as people go, resourcing and cost. These criteria are really important for the success of any mitigation in New Zealand, but they're also important for registration or regulatory approval of these products. At this point in time, most of the compounds or products that we are testing are not yet approved for use in New Zealand, so it's important that we work to measure all these criteria and understand all the effects of them to be able to progress them through the regulatory process so that we can use them. That's great. Hey, thanks, Jane, for that overview. Olivia, before I put some questions to you, I'm just interested in knowing how long have you been working at Life Farm for? I've been here for eight years now. Yeah, I started as a uh, just a fixed-term technician and then have moved up into permanent roles and then now a team lead. Fantastic. So what kind of research has the team done here at the farm into reducing uh, methane emissions? Pretty well all of what Jane has introduced. Uh, we've worked with Bovia, Asparagopsis and Bromoform in different trials. So these trials are looking at the efficacy of the product and whether or not it can be incorporated into a New Zealand dairy system. We have quite an intensive approach with trying to really hone in on whether or not we can get a result out of the product. And then the later stages of the projects tend to look at whether or not it can be implemented on farms. So it's, it's sort of a two-part approach of does the product work and then how do we make it work on, on a regular dairy farm. So yeah, we've had a number of different projects that look at those kind of things. It also looked at the feed itself, whether or not um, some feeds produce more methane than others, all of those components that Jane spoke of earlier. Cool. And what kind of trials are underway currently? At the moment, our main focus is what we call ELI. It's an early life intervention. This is where we pick up calves uh, within a few hours of birth and give them a probiotic. So this is yeah trying to alter the gut biome as the rumen is developing when they're quite young. And the idea of this is if we can change this gut biome and reduce the amount of methane producing bacteria, that we can reduce their lifetime emissions. And we're going to go for a bit of a walk in a little while, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I can show you all the facilities and where the calves are at the moment. Excellent. What kind of work does this trial involve for your team? What does it actually look like day to day and week to week? Quite involved. So it's total management of the animals. Um, so we've got 100 animals on the trial at the moment and they are managed in small groups of five. So we have 20 pens of animals that all need feeding and everything gets measured in and out. So everything that they're offered, so milk being fed is measured um, on an individual basis. We feed them in groups of five, but we manage their feed individually. We feed them meal, which again gets weighed in and weighed out, and then the treatments all get weighed as well. There's lots of handling of buckets and lots of feeders and trailers full of milk and big trailers full of lots of buckets of meal as well. So it's very, very hands-on. On top of all of the intake measures that we take every day, uh, we're also looking at methane. We have some individual units that are out at the pens, which we'd be able to walk past soon. And so we um, allow the calves to visit those and we can get a, an estimate of their methane during the day. 
just to see if there's going to be any effect from the probiotic that we're giving them. And then we're also taking samples such as urine, fecals and blood samples and also some rumen samples just to be able to get the whole picture and understand the why of any of these effects that we might be seeing from these products. Cool. And how's it going so far? How's the trial progressing? Yeah, going pretty well. Um, it's it's in the early stages, of course. Um, we've only had calves on the ground for a few weeks so far, so we don't really know what it's all going to look like just yet. But yeah, progress is going well. All the animals are, are happy in their little pens, as we'll be able to see in a few moments. Yeah, so progress is going well. Cool. So this is the first season doing this. You didn't do it last year as well. No, we have done iterations of this previously. We've worked with bovia and calves before. So again, the same concept of giving them the product within a few hours of birth and then up until weaning. And then we've done a similar a similar probiotic approach last season as well. So it's a process we're familiar with, but new animals, new season, there's always new challenges that come your way. Brilliant. Well, let's take a walk. Sounds good. You want to go calves first or... Oh. Jane, how often are you up here at Life Farm? I get here as often as I can because I really love this part of, of the work. So I love the research. I love being with the animals. I've got an amazing group of people that work on the farm. Um, I don't know how many. I think there's probably 20 to 30 um, people in the tech team because of all the intensive research that's going on. And then there's the farm team as well. That Because um, this operates as a commercial farm as well. So although there's all this research happening, it's actually... Um, the team do an amazing job of still running the farmers as they would any commercial farm and you know and producing milk um, which goes out in the tanker at the end of the day. Olivia, so here we are with some of the calves. Talk us through what we're looking at here with these pens. Yep, so uh, th these are what we call the Eli pens. So it's the project we talked about before with the calves being treated from birth. So we've got a setup of 20 pens here. They all have a hut each that um, they have good housing shelter. And there's five animals in each group. And there's four different treatments. Um, just where you divide them by colour group. So everything is nicely colour coordinated and all of their buckets of meal and their milk feeders and the, all of their water is all colour coordinated and separated. So the number two tag hanging around the neck is the other number two mob? Yep, yep, pen number two, yep. Yeah, so that's just based on their age. They were enrolled in, in age order. So Olivia, what are we looking at here? So we've got a, the methane units here. They're one of four that we've got on the Eli facilities, and it's basically a a metal box uh, with a chimney stack on the top of it which has an infrared analyzer in it. So what it can do is um, measure methane and CO2 simultaneously um, and that's as, as an animal is feeding out of it. So when we're, when we're wanting to train the calves into these units we um, introduce them to it at about six weeks of age and um, we allow them free access and the unit will recognize them based on their uh, electronic ID that they have in the area and drop pellets for them and the pellets are just a carrot to be able to get their heads into the methane unit and breathing um, basically breathing into a metal box um, yeah so once they're exposed to that we, we give them exposure to the unit um, for about two to four hours a day during the training period and then when it comes to measurement um, they'll be out 24-7 to be able to get a, a diurnal pattern of how much methane they're expelling um, across a, a whole day period So where are we now, Olivia? 
Uh, so this is what we call the training barn, um, but it's sort of been repurposed for individual intakes for our Eli calves. So when all of the calves reach six weeks of age, which we bring them into, into these pens and do individual intakes on all of them. When they're out in the pens outside, we use the pen as an average, so they're treated as a group of five. Um, whereas in here, we're really wanting to understand what their individual intakes are. And this includes the, the milk, meal, and water that we weigh in and weigh out every day. So yeah, they're little calf hotels, as we, as we jokingly call them. And there's a lot of building work going on here in the background. What's that about? Uh, those are some of our barn upgrades. So there's an extra extra add-on to one of our barns for weighing facilities, um, so weighing of feed, because when we're doing work such as in the Kalen that we're about to see, um, we have to weigh all of the feed that comes in. And if you think we're, we're trying to feed 40 animals and each of them will eat 120 kilos of fresh grass um, twice a day, so it can be quite a lot of feed. Yeah, so just need facilities to be able to do that because when the wind and the rain howls, um, we can't wait for it, so... Olivia, we're here looking at the Kalen gates on the farm. Can you tell us a bit about the gates, how they operate and why you have them here? Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the Kalen gates, there's um, 40 stalls in this barn and the idea of this barn is to be able to measure specific cow intake. So every cow will be given a, a collar that has a small bulb like this on it and that collar will only be able to open one gate. So we have to go through a bit of a rigorous um, training regime for to be able to get the cows used to this concept and to be able to look for their own gate and then work the mechanism to be able to open it and then um, obviously feed at their leisure. And that way we can ensure that the, the feed disappearance in that stall is only being eaten by the cow that we want. So yeah, it really enables us to hone in on and what cows are eating. Um, and we've done a number of projects in this facility before and now we've got a recent addition of four methane units. So that allows us to capture the methane expelled from the feed that we're offering and because there's a, a really close relationship between the type of feed and the volume of feed that a cow is eating and their methane production so this yeah allows us to have a more close coupling of those two. So having these facilities really enables us to be able to measure lactating cows on forages, so on pastures or a plantain or whatever we happen to be looking at for the project. So that's kind of our point of difference with these, uh, with these facilities, and that makes us uh, yeah a bit different from most others. Hey Olivia, for farmers who haven't seen the Kalen gates, explain what they look like. Imagine uh, so yeah, for farmers standing in front of them right now, what, what would they be looking at? Uh, so we've got 20 bales on either side, so it's a, a nice long barn that has 20 individual bales and they have small plastic flip gates that are on little transducers. So when the cow approaches them, uh, they have to put their head up and over a yoke, of, of, I'll call it of some description, put their head up and over and then um, use the transducer on their, on their collars to be able to open the gate. And it's just a free stall barn so they can move around as they please, they can yeah, walk around and interact with others and then there's also some really nice rubber mattresses that we've got there so they can sit down and lie down anytime they like. Awesome. Hey, so just to wrap this up, uh, Jane, when will DairyNZ have some solutions ready for farmers to use? And which options do you think are the most promising? Research takes time and we need to make sure that the answers that um, we get are, are relevant to farm systems. Um, as Olivia's talked about, a lot of this work that we're doing here at the moment is at a component short-term level. 
Um, what we're hoping is that by 2025 we will have identified what we sort of call as the candidate packages, so what is the compound and what is the delivery mechanism that we think has got the most potential for success in New Zealand pasture-based systems. The idea then is that we would we test these at a farm scale um, and throughout a season, so we need to make sure that we know what the long-term effect of these mitigations are um, on cow performance and on methane emissions um, you know, over a season. So. 2025, we hope to have identified what we see as being the potential packages, the, the packages that are most likely to succeed. And then by 2030, um, our aim is to have a suite of, of options for farmers. Um, there won't be one, one tool, one size fits all. There'll be different options that will fit um, farmers' goals or systems or you know, teams or farms. So the idea is by 2030, a suite of options that a farmer can implement on their farm and um, will reduce methane and um, they'll be fairly rewarded for, for the action or the mitigation that they've taken. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're keen to know more about DairyNZ's Less Methane Project, hit the link in the show notes to our webpage, where you'll also find a methane podcast we recorded in early 2022. There's also a link in the show notes to our August-September 23 issue of Inside Dairy, where you can read an article about the Less Methane research on page 25. Catch you next time.